welcome to another episode of From, From the, the Lower, lower level. level. Hi, Patrizio. How are you this week? I'm doing well, Moshi. How are you? Good. Um, I thought it'd just be nice if we just sort of say like hi to each other rather than doing introductions. But I was curious, if you were going to do an intro this week, who would you have been? Moshi, my intro would have been, sometimes Patrizio has to go commando. What can I say? <laughs> wow. Love it. Love an iconic Sonia Morgan tagline. Um. Let's kick things off. And what has been happening in Real Housewives news this week? Because I am very much like legit out of the loop. Well, Moshi, I want to start with uh, taglines from New York. That is why Sonia got the mention this week. They've released the, the intro um, for the next season of Real Housewives of New York. Everyone's taglines and their new looks. Can I just say, I'm not usually a Ramona fan, but yeah. the way that she is aging backwards, it's wild. Like, I really love her new face. Yeah. I mean, we do know that New York is where the best facial plastic surgeons are. Contrary to popular belief, you would think it's Beverly Hills, but we have learned through Housewives that it's actually New York. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like Ramona has a good face every second time she gets it done. So she's on like a good iteration at the moment. Yeah. But she's also got her, you know, ageless skincare. So, I mean, could that be contributing? Um, Yeah, I'm sure. Um, Well, you know, we have five taglines for five housewives. Moshi, what was your favourite of the five? Oh. I'm... I mean, obviously, I love Ebony K. Williams's tagline. I've had to work twice as hard for half as much, but now I'm coming for everything. I actually feel like that's a tagline I could live by. But I also love Sonia Morgan's. Just like New York City, Sonia Morgan never goes out of style. What I love is that it's like the third person is what I love in but- Sonia. <laughs> That's her, her taglines are iconic because they're always in third person. I think there's like one of them when she was like, there's nothing gray about my garden. But like, that was the only one. Usually it's everything (laughs) Sonia Morgan. She has a brand. She knows the brand. What about you? Which one are you loving? It's Sonia Morgan. (laughs) You know, there was a lot of hate. I feel from the Bravo bloggers this week on the New York housewives, there was a lot of like, and eh, these are so average, blah, blah, blah. But like, I actually think these were like a significant improvement on like last season. Oh, I think they're better than last seasons, but it's kind of interesting. Like after 13 seasons um, be- to have to continuously come up with a tagline. And I mean, Ramona is an original. Luann is original. She's only missed one season. Uh, Sonia, like, started in season three officially. Like, these women have been around for a really long time and to continuously come back with a new tagline, it's not easy regardless of who they're hiring. No, not at all. And I feel like it's better than Beverly Hills. You know how Kyle Richards always has that one about, like, in Beverly Hills, something stupid. Something yeah. Cliche. Skeletons in closets. Ra rah, rah. Ugh, whatever. <laughs> We're haters. Well, anyway, I am super excited. Uh, I cannot wait for this new season to drop. 
um, you know, you do say New York is the premier franchise. I, I think it is the number one Housewives franchise. And we can discuss that another time, but it is. Ugh, well, it's coming very, very soon. Um, you know, there were some other, like, teasers this week that came out. I don't know if you saw this, Moshi, but the Potomac. I, I don't know what this was. This was like a teaser, a, like a five-second snippet of a scene where Karen Huga is telling someone something. Um, I think I, it's like more of an announcement, right? It's They're just letting us know that, like, it is going to be ready. And, yeah, I, I think the I, I saw it on Twitter, actually. Like Karen was, like, paying someone out. I don't even know for what. But for me, when I watched that scene, because, like, I feel like Potomac only just finished, yes. um, the thing that really stuck out for me was, like, just the lack of Monique. Oh, I'm, I thought it was the lack of Candace. Oh, is that who else was missing? I feel like I didn't really acknowledge her presence, so it doesn't matter. Oh, my God. Well, I just, I agree with you. I think, like, it's just finished, um, but they seem to have already gotten the next season, like, pushed out and ready mm. to go. Coming this summer, I mean, that could be any time between, like, May to, like, July, I feel, at this point. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was really interesting. You know, we've got like Beverly Hills about to drop, New York's about to drop. I guess OC's announcing Potomac. Yeah, it's interesting. I think like it goes well. I mean, I don't know if you're interested in ratings, but I know that. Um, I mean, Atlanta's ratings have have not been doing as well as they used to do. Um, I, I guess, like, I think Jersey is probably the only one kind of in this rating season, like, really helping them. Um, but there's, like, a slew of other Bravo shows all coming back. If you're interested in, like, Shars of Sun, uh, Sh- yeah, Shars is coming back. All of these other shows are coming back. And there's, like, Bravo's, like, really pushing this agenda of new shows coming back that are, like, I guess, not steeped in COVID even though they're filmed during COVID times, it seems like they found a way to make them more interesting. But I think they're really just trying to get those ratings back in. Mm, definitely. Uh, well, other news this week, I guess, has been some reunion looks have dropped. Mm. We know that New Jersey and Dallas have both filmed their reunions in the last like week or so. Um, apparently, New Jersey filmed their reunion early so that Melissa and Teresa could go to this, like, summer holiday vacation <laughs> spin-off show that they're doing for the housewives. Oh, true. Yeah, apparently that's why they filmed it earlier than they probably oh my, would have. That is tea. I love that, Patrizia. More of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I will have to follow more blogs. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't so New Jersey was obviously a nod to the Jersey Shore and the white party for Nono. Um, ah. They were all on like wicker furniture, which I feel like would have been very uncomfortable given how long they have to like film these like reunion episodes for. Like True. 12 hours in one of those chairs. Um, but they all look beautiful. I did not like Margaret's outfit though. I thought Why? It was- I feel like she should have done something a bit more, I don't know, form-fitting. She's got a it's, good body. She does have a great body. I mean, they all have great bodies. Um, I think it goes, like, I look at all of them and I'm like, they're all fabulous. But honestly, it's, <sighs> Dolores is the hottie. And no, I don't, like, 
everything they wear is going to pale in comparison to whatever Dolores Catania puts on her body. I'm just putting that out there. Oh, see, I thought Jennifer Aiden was smoking. Oh, she's fine. Oh, she's okay. fine. She always just brings it. But this, for me, this season, I'm like, there is something about Dolores. Like, she is loving her new bod. And it's the new ass. It's the, it's the new ass is gray. It's like everything. She's just, her hair is on point. Her makeup is on point. She, she to me, feels also aging backwards. She, she's had a glow up for sure. She's a legend. She's an icon. She, she is, is the, the moment. moment. <laughs> um, in the Dallas reunion as well, they kind of did this like I don't know, like sexy black theme. I don't know what the flapper. I don't know what it was. Mm. I did not recognize Deandra. S- that's all I have to say. Oh yeah, Deandra was like she's wearing like a suit, right? And she's got her. She's gone for like a bit of a masculine kind of androgynous thing with the hair slicked back. You know, the side part. Even though we know that middle parts are where it's at these days um yeah I was really underwhelmed by the Dallas women's reunion looks I hate to say this as I am a moonbeam but even Dr Tiffany I want gowns I think they should have stuck to an 80s theme yeah I agree I can I I will say about the Dallas girls is that they do wear the labels and they, they often look good. And I will say that I think Tiffany is probably the most fashionable, but they do not know how to dress on that show. Mm-hmm. They'll, like, wear one thing. Like, Stephanie will wear, like, one thing and it almost gets right and then, like, she'll ruin it with, like, a headpiece or the shoes or something. Like, they're, they're just not on par with some of the other house, the other franchises. But, I mean, I will say OC is fashionably the worst. Yes. Yeah. I um I just want to say that I actually thought because these reunion looks were like dropping around the same time as each other. I actually thought that Deandra was Jackie from New Jersey. Um, I I don't know what I just wow. Far, maybe I didn't have my glasses on, but like it just like she had her hair slicked back. She was wearing this like suit. She looked very thin, and I just was like, "Is that Jackie?" But no, apparently not. No, that that's that's a bit of a reach there, Patrizia. <laughs> Um, I will need some more sleep. But, you know, the other thing that came out about this Dallas reunion is that I don't know, I can't remember if we mentioned it all last week, but um, they arrive in New York to film the reunion because I think that's what's happening these days. Everyone's going to New York to film their reunions. Well, I think it's because Andy is not leaving New York. Well, I mean, why? anyway, moving on. I... So the, the story is that they arrive in New York and they get tested for COVID and Carrie tests positive and Brandy sat next to her on the plane on the way over. So she's a close contact and so they both have to be put into quarantine. They have to appear at the reunion virtually. This has never yeah. happened before where yeah. like some women are virtual and others are in the studio. But the the real problem comes when Carrie goes back to Dallas that same night and is seen at a nightclub. Oh, fucking hell. I just, I don't know. Like, it's it's just. At this point, like, we need to just all acknowledge that Carrie is a toxic housewife. 
She is. Like Danielle Starb was a toxic housewife. Carrie, this Carrie is also a toxic housewife. It's not correct. No, she's she's like a Kelly Dodge. She's a toxic housewife. She is bad for the franchise. And well, I don't know if you saw this, but Andy is like okay with having Kelly Dodd still on a show, but it's another conversation. That's for a, a whole other day. situation, mate. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Carrie, if you're gonna be that dumb to like go to the club like the day of like when you got told not to come onto set. Like people take photos. Everyone is on social media. Like yep. you just you've gotta use your brain for half a second. That's all I have to say. You know what I will say? It's not even just dumb. Like, I think she's very much, I think she's just very selfish. And I know, I know we'll talk a little bit about Dallas, but I think that that is very evident in how she treats the women on the show, kind of the conversations that she has with her own children. Like, I, I really think that the other side of it is that she's going through that thing that happens when you get a bit famous for the first time being on this show, like not being able to say no to events. You want the money, you want the publicity. Like she's becoming a bit of a monster. Mm, She knows her 15 minutes will Mm -hmm. end sooner than she thinks. Well, in alumni news, Housewife alumni news, I don't know if you saw this trailer for Bethany's new Apprentice style show. Okay. The big shot on HBO Max. It's finally been released. I feel like people have been talking about Bethany doing this type of show for a really long time. I did see the trailer. Um, I I said, I know I sent you a, a message sort of saying, wow, uh, to me it just looks like Bethany's looking for somebody to boss around, even though she's supposedly looking for a vice president of operations, like somebody to essentially run her businesses. But, I mean this is somebody else who cannot stay away from television. Like she needs to constantly be on TV. But I will say one of the things from the trailer that I did like, and, you know, I'm not a fan of Bethany's at the moment, is that it looks to me like she's, they've done a lot of diverse casting. Well, it is New York. (laughs) No, but I mean, I I was impressed. I feel like there's a lot of like non-men um, and a lot of people of colour from, like, the whole spectrum, like a lot of Latinx people, um, a lot of uh, black people. Like, I will say that that kind of surprised me and I I was impressed by that. But, I mean, I will watch the show, of course, and I'll know more then. All I want to say is on this, Andy Cohen told Bethany that she can't hold a show on her own. So she could <laughs> just give up. Because this will just be another flop. Don't say that, but, I mean, we'll see. He told her she has a podcaster personality. (laughs) Hang on, what does that mean? We're podcasters. Well, maybe we should be (laughs) on a podcast and not on a TV. Okay, interesting. Well, we'll see. And, you know, I mean, just a footnote to this news, uh, Teddy Mellencamp is developing her own reality TV show. Yeah, that's, that's speaking of somebody, yeah, speaking of somebody who cannot hold a show, that if that, if, if you want to see a show that will die in the ass, there it is. You know what? I feel like I could see her on like a Biggest Loser-esque reality show. Okay, so, you know, the Biggest Loser is toxic. Like, it's literally 
Exactly. Like, that's why um, that's where she belongs. But that's why but her show is literally gonna cause so much. There's no duty of care there. She's just gonna cause a bunch of people to have eating disorders. It's disgusting. Well, good luck on your new venture, Teddy Mellencamp. I will not be tuning in. <laughs> You're like here for the eating disorders. Disgusting, Patricia. Disgusting. Well, on that note, let's get into this week's episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Season finale. Was this the finale? Oh my God. Yeah, it was because we had the little like excerpts at the end. Oh, yeah. I feel like it was very um, anticlimactic. Uh, yeah, very much, very underwhelming. Which... I, didn't, I didn't realize we were talking about the finale at all. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus. Like, it was underwhelming, which I think speaks to the whole season. The fact that, like, Bolo still came up in this last episode. Like, oh. need to let it go. There's going to be a whole part to the reunion that is just dedicated to Bolo. I think this, yeah, I think there's probably going to be two episodes of the reunion oh that are dedicated to Bolo. Um, so all in all, yes, it was underwhelming, but any uh, roses, any thorns? Well, I mean, Drew's son's father situation, you know, I'm really glad that he actually showed up to meet his son. I was really worried. I mm. feel like... They were, we were being set up that the father was not going to attend this meeting at the restaurant, but he came. But the son wants it, nothing to do with him. Like, I think he was, I think he's just like really uncomfortable. I think, like, obviously, he's somebody who's very decisive and he's been hurt before, but like, he's been watched by cameras. He's like, you know, kids understand, even if they don't have the articulation for it, that like they're performing. <sighs> when the cameras are on. So I, I think it's like quite a tough situation to put on like a 10 year old or however old he is. Like that's intense. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, how do you feel about these kind of moments being on reality shows? Like I, I like, I think I agree with you. I think it's uncomfortable for the kid. And I think we keep having this discussion at the mm-hmm. moment. It's like, and I feel like it's only because, Production is, like, clutching at straws here, right? There's, like, nothing going on. These people can't go to events because it's a pandemic. And so it's, like, well, we're just going to have to do, like, really personal things. And instead of, like, you know, doing these events, we're going into, like, reunions with, like, parents who have been absent from their lives and, like, forcing parents to address certain, like, life issues on camera when perhaps, like... Oh, Pat- Patricia, I'm so sorry. It sounds like we lost you for a second there. But I think you were talking about, like, um, these types of situations where we see it time and time again on these shows. These kids are, are put into these scenarios. And I know, like, Candy and Riley, like, we'd seen this before. Like, talk to me more about it. Wow, I can't believe that I have been censored on my own podcast. <laughs> Why? Nobody censored you, but have a better internet connection, okay? Oh, my God. I have taken it off the Wi-Fi. apparently <laughs> Australia, let me tell you. Um, no, I was just saying that I feel like they've had to, like, clutch at straws this season, like, of, like, all the franchises. Mm. And it's, like, these private moments, like, it's just, like, the only thing going on. So they've had to film it. 
Um, but I think this should have been a private moment with like the son and the dad, especially it was like the first like meeting in a long time. I don't know. I just it, like it's cute. I don't know, but I just feel like it's another example of like a housewife kind of like forcing family members to do things on camera that perhaps they didn't really want to do. I mean, I'm going to say that if he appeared on camera, I'm sure he got paid for it. I am very like skeptical about people. Like I, I don't think particularly because he was kind of being perceived negatively. Like this wasn't a great look for her ex, her, her baby daddy, her ex partner, but at the end of the day, like it's this is the this is the thing, right? It's like we want to see every aspect of your life essentially. Like you've signed on for that, but why do the children have to be in it? And that's the thing. Like when it's children, you know, they don't really have a say in it. Like I mean, not I at guess- all. You know, when you are 10 years old, I guess you can be a little bit more informed than, like, when you're, like, five um, in, you know, saying that maybe you don't want to do something. But, yeah, it just it doesn't feel right. I, this, to me, didn't feel right to see. Yeah, I have to agree with you that it didn't feel right. I will – I think, like, we could probably just talk about Drew as a whole. I think that in this episode, anything – good that drew had going for her in terms of public opinion it just all completely went out the window and it was like starting to go that way from the whole profit lot fiasco the week before but I was like I remember like last week I was kind of on the fence I was still like no drew was really good for the show I thought she did really good but after this whole episode and what what goes down at the friends mess I'm like she like completely shot herself in the foot in my opinion I concur with you I think you know at the start we were like where is Drew I don't get it then she arrived and we were like okay like I get it now she's a great addition and then yeah the last like two to three episodes it's just been like uh, like a roller coaster and it's like we're on the, like the down downhill and it's disappointing because I think she was doing really well for a minute. But this friends mess, I mean, the friends mess in itself is just wild. I mean, how much are you? <laughs> Where how do much, we begin with the friends mess? How much are you willing to spend on a like white elephant, the secret Santa present for a 20, friends mess? 20 bucks. But I want to know how we went from $100 to $1,000. I mean, I'm not saying that these women don't have that kind of money, but I want to know how we went so quickly from $100 to $1,000. Like, that is insanity to me. I don't know. It makes more interesting TV. Like, I I would have been more interested to see what they could have come up with for $100. And I guess the thing is because it became about how much money they were spending the expectation that they all had was like, like, I'm going to be really honest. There's a few people who definitely spent more than a thousand dollars on gifts, but I suspect they probably got them heavily discounted. So like Porsche, you know, buying the, uh, the Gucci bag and this and that, that was more than $5,000. Um, 
a hundred percent, I think Kenya spent more than a thousand dollars. Like there was definitely people who, who's the value of their gifts were more. And then it became about bragging rights because you've, you've upped the dollarage. Now everybody's trying to outdo each other as opposed to if it had been a hundred dollars, it would have been about like, what's the more thoughtful, more funny, more interesting gift. Just an observation. My and, opinion. Well, I just want to say as well, when you're doing these like secret Santa you know, situations when the budget's a thousand dollars, the budget is a thousand dollars. It's not like spend like ten thousand dollars because you are feeling more generous than somebody yeah. else. Like, that's part of the challenge of buying a present that there is a budget and you got to make it work. I think the other thing is that people think they have to like exceed or go to that budget. I mean, like, if you had bought something that was like twenty dollars, technically that still would have counted. It was just like, the max spend was a thousand dollars. That would have been petty and shady, but it would have still been part of the rules. Well, I mean, that's what Drew did. She spent twenty dollars on that wig. Well, I mean, well, it was the, the the wig was regifted. Actually, it had been. On yeah, her head. Had, I think so. The thing that I we need to talk about, like Drew's gift giving, I feel like I understood where she was coming from, but it, but it didn't work because. Nobody else was in on the joke. Yeah, I have to stop the squeaking. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I just feel like Drew's gift didn't work. It, it wasn't in the right spirit of the show. It was a joke that, like, nobody else was, like, really in on. And then the other gifts were, like, I like the donation, but the other gifts were shit as well. Just on the gifts. Yes. Which gift would you have wanted to receive? Who or like which one Porsches. would you have stolen? You would have stolen. I would have taken Oh no, I would have taken Marlowe's. It was money. I... Marlo actually was the smartest person. She just gave money. I was like, my Taurus heart is like, give it to me. Oh my god. I'm so glad you said that because that was my answer also. <laughs> Marlo, just I want the cash. Give me a thousand dollars. I was just like, give me the cash. Like for me, I was like, honestly, if you didn't know what gift to, to give, just give that cash. But then I'm also wondering, do you think that Marlo did that because she's money laundering in some way, and she like needed to get rid, like she needed to circulate the cash? No, I just think that Marlo, like God bless her, like she couldn't come to the party so she sends her nephews with like a briefcase full of cash like i'm very <laughs> Not much the into nephews. it like... no i thought it was a very good idea um any other takeaways from the friendsmas like did you like the carolers did you like the llamas <laughs> uh, oh i loved Porsche's wig though her her mullet wig i want one so badly uh, I mean, she did look fabulous. She was dressed for the occasion, her little silver Oof. silver moment. The sparkly clothes were, were amazing. But, yeah, look, I mean, look, the takeaway from that whole schmozzle was that <laughs> Drew just killed it. And you know what? You know that Drew stuffed up because Candy came for her. Yes. You know what I mean? And when you've got Candy offside, like, you're done. You're cool. You're done. You're finished. I agree with you. Just such a disappointment, I feel. No, I totally agree. Um, so given that this was like, I know we've said it before, like that Real Housewives of Atlanta could use a shake-up. The, the streets are talking and they're saying that like not everybody is coming back. 
I know, yeah, I saw this as well, like major shake-up for Atlanta. You know, definitely we're not bringing back Nene because, like, I think... She's, she's at war with few. Bravo. <laughs> yeah, well, <that's... laughs> Who, well, I mean, what worked this season? Like, what, what was the, like, I don't know. And unfortunately, I'm going to start. Unfortunately, I think Kenya worked this season. I think she's the only one that really brought anything to the table. I mean, like, you know, when they were doing at the start of the episode, like the wrap up of like what had happened that season. First of all, I think that went for like 10 times longer than it actually ever happened. Like Candy's wrap up was that like Riley went to college. I was like, that happened like 12,000 episodes ago. (laughs) And there was, like, no follow-up from it either. It's not like we checked in with Riley in this final episode or anything. I don't, I don't know. It was all a bit of a joke. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like, unfortunately, Kenya worked this season for me. She was, the she was the, like, the rose of the season. And I hate to say it. Look, this is painful, but I agree with you that, that, Kenya worked like I'm even struggling to say the words um Portia worked for me but I would have liked to have seen more Latoya worked for me I feel like she filmed enough to deserve a peach um, I love the way she stormed in at the Friendsmas and Kenya had to, like, get her together in the Bentley. Like, I love shit like that. Um, <laughs> was LaToya about to, like, fight with the Carolers as well? Like, <laughs> like she, was, she was fuming. Um, but she is a bit too wild. But, I mean, what I, I mean, I'm just going to say it. I think Candy needs to bow out. Cynthia needs to bow out. I want to see more of Shamia. I want to know more about Shamia's life. I want to know if it's more interesting. What, about, what do you think? I mean, of the five, I think I would like, I don't know. Because even Portia, I'm like. Towards the end there. Be, yeah, because she didn't come to play with the Bolo mess. Like if she had said she fucked Bolo, it'd be different. But even then, I feel like, I don't know, like, she's, I think she's had a good season and you got to know when to exit. Like, you got to leave on a high. Leave on a high. I agree. Or maybe Uh, just take a break. Yeah, I don't know. I think Drew, meh, if she came back, like, I hope she'd learn some lessons from this season. Agree. I kind of, I know that we keep saying it about Candy, but I think we need to keep Candy as, like, on the casts. Friend of. She needs to be downgraded. I'm sorry. She doesn't do anything. Well, who are we adding to the cast? Like, well, that's we... the thing. They're going to go out into Atlanta and find fresh blood. And as somebody who has watched a lot of shows that are set in Atlanta, reality shows that are set in Atlanta, trust me, there are some good housewives out there. Well, do you think they're going to bring anyone back? You know, I want Phaedra back. I would kill for Phaedra back. I think and Sheree. Uh, I don't know. Sheree, I feel like every time they can't try to bring her back, she doesn't like do uh, anything. She deliver. I don't know. I love Miss, Miss Phaedra. I think Phaedra should make a comeback. I don't know if you saw, um, I guess this is like belated news, 
But I feel like Bravo at the start of May is doing all of these like sort of like throwback watch what happens lives episodes. Like mm. they're like bringing back the kids. They're having like a house husbands episode. Yep. And then they're also doing like a where are they now with some departed housewives, which kind of sounds like they're dead. But um, <laughs> Phaedra is memoriam. on that list. She's going to be on, like, Watch What Happens Live. And I just feel like that's a good stepping stone onto to, like, get back onto the show. Look, I think Phaedra has always been an asset. I mean, Phaedra, before we had Portia Lee the King, Phaedra was the one that took us to Washington. Like, mm. you know, Phaedra loves... The other thing about Phaedra is that she is a gossip. She likes to talk shit. She <laughs> likes to make up the story. Uh, you know, I love it. Also, she annoys Kenya, like really annoys <laughs> Kenya. So, I mean, I want freaking frack. I want, I want Phaedra back. She's, you know what it is? Phaedra is like chaotic neutral. Is she chaotic neutral? Yeah, because she she's chaotic like chaotic. Evil? She's like chaotic, but not like, but it's so subtle that you don't even realize that she's a psychopath. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the time when uh, she was talking to Portia about Candy and there was that, like, finger in holes. Yes, with Sheree the Bone Collector. You never got, it was the whole, that's what I'm saying. That's, it's chaotic because she's a southern belle, but but then she's doing that. And that's the neutral, that's like the neutrality of it all. It's like, it's pretty normal. But yeah, she's not like chaotic evil, definitely not chaotic evil. Okay, so I'm kind of feeling like we should have, like, Kenya, Portia, Shamia, Phaedra as, like, four page holders for next season. And then I think Kenya does need to have some friends. So Kenya needs to find someone to bring on the show. I'd love, I really, I mean, I don't hate it when they bring back somebody who, like, used to be famous and then isn't anymore because that's kind of the theme for Atlanta they bring like washed up stars back because like Kenya was a washed up not quite a star but she was almost a star you know <laughs> oh my god wouldn't it be funny if they brought back Kim Fields but she's no Kenya now? Jesus Christ no <laughs> Kim Fields like leave Kim Fields alone that's how I feel about Kim Fields just leave her alone well, Moshi, next week we have the reunion in the dungeon. I swear, if it's three parts, I just don't know what they're going to talk about. Yeah, it's going to be shit. <laughs> but we'll be watching it and um, we'll be doing bonus episodes as we always do for the reunions. Um, Shall we take a little break and then come back and talk Dallas and New Jersey? I, I can't hear you again because yes. your internet has gone out. You, was that a Yes. Okay, fabulous. Yes. <laughs> and we're back. Oh, we are. What a break. What a moment. Hopefully I'm not censored in this next <laughs> part again. The fact that you feel like you're being attacked is actually crazy to me. Wild. Uh, the Dr. Tiffany Moon show. Wow. I mean... Speaking of anticlimactic, no, I'm kidding. I want to actually say that I felt very much that this episode was a return to form. Like, I feel like we might be on a bit of an upswing as we head towards the end of the season with Dallas. 
Um, I loved the opening credits. It reminded me a lot of the, like, the Bolo episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta, like the Who Who Had Sex with Bolo episodes where they um, kind of paid homage to Basic Instinct. But in this week's episode of Dallas, they paid homage to the soap opera, soap show or whatever, yeah, soap opera called Dallas. And I loved the opening credits. I love shit like that. It was cute. It was funny. It got me in a good mood. What did you yeah. think? Yeah, I was, like, surprised it's taken this long. Like, the fact that we're, like, going to this house, the ranch, um, that's, you know, featured on the show of Dallas. And then we got this, like, 80s, like, Dallas, like, opening credits. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it as well. But I was just, like, how has it taken, like, five seasons of this show to get there? Well, you know what's kind of interesting? Like, just in terms of design principles, like just one thing that I've learned about like designing that I think should be applied to the housewives is that like when you have constraint, it, it should force you to be more creative and it should actually make things sometimes better. And for me, like the constraint obviously with housewives at the moment is COVID. And I think it's really interesting to see which shows have been able to navigate it and which shows haven't. And I must say that I do think the Dallas Housewives, perhaps because of the rules that were available to them, have found a really, I think that they have kind of worked through COVID. I mean, the same as New Jersey, the best. And it forced them, it's forced them to take us to places, like you said, that they never would have taken us before. Like all these interesting little trips that are kind of just in their backyard. Yeah. I mean, like... this whole season has really just been, like, trips. Yeah. Uh, we got another one this episode. I mean, we just got back from Oklahoma and we're now doing, like, this, you know, stay at the this ranch. South Fork Ranch, which is 36 minutes away from Brandy's house. <laughs> and I loved that they put that in the little Chiron um, on the show, that, that in the white limousine. Like, I died. I know it was so specific. It was so specific. I think, I mean, I think they were just like that. They're just having fun with it. And I think when the production is having fun with the show, like we're, we know we're going to enjoy it. Yes. What was your, I mean, I, I mean, this has been, I think a controversial episode because we've already sort of praised Kenya, but I am going to say that I enjoyed the devil in this episode. I enjoyed Brandy in this episode. I enjoyed the way she assigned bedrooms (laughs) at the ranch in this episode. And I enjoyed the fact that she set this trip up. I thought it was like an interesting trip and location. I mean, I don't know. I just think that, like, Brandy really could have been a friend of this season. Oh, I agree. And, like, is the only reason why she's holding a Lone Star because she organised, like, this one trip. Because, um, like, Jen, who is also a friend of, could definitely never organise a trip. Um, 
I agree. Was it Tiffany? Like, I agree. Like, why are three of them sharing a single bed? Like, it's it's uncomfortable. It's weird. And the fact that, like, Brandy has chosen to put herself with Tiffany as well. That's why? what I, like, that's what I mean. That's why I want to know. Like, I'm like, she's obviously up to something. And, I mean, she is evil. So I am kind of interested to see why they are set up the way they are. I, I really love the fact that she put Deandra and Carrie in the same room together and gave them the smallest bed in the house. I was just saying, you know, when you put constraint into the mix, it should give you like a more interesting outcome. So that'll be that'll be fun. I actually um thought it was really interesting. So Jen has Jen has managed to make it to this trip, right? Uh, Where is she sleeping, though? We never see what room she got assigned. Where is she sleeping? Where is she sleeping? She's on the floor somewhere. (laughs) Well, because I was kind of like, is she sharing a bed with Cameron? But, like, production has just done a really good job at, like, not showing that. Or maybe she is and, like, Brandy forgot to organize a gift for her. So they just, like, skimmed over it. Well, you know what? I mean, Jen has not come to anything this season, so Brandy not organizing her uh, gift basket. I'm like, fair no, she's come. She's come to all the parties. She just hasn't gone to all of the trips. I mean, was she even? Was she even on this season? Was so she? the question that I have for you is: Who was on the season more, Darren the Shaman or Jen? Like, who got more screen time? Do you think? I mean, like, let me list the amount of people who got more screen time than Jen. Like, Mama D. (laughs) Darren, definitely. Mama D, yes. Um, What's Deandra's husband? I mean, he got. Jeremy. Jeremy's got plenty of bloody screen time season as well. Tiffany's daughters. Tiffany's mum. Oh, Tiffany's (laughs) mum, yes. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I love this list already. I think, like,. Uh, who was that like that that mannequin head that they brought on like that trip to the like winery <laughs> even that got yeah. more screen time than Jen yeah. so many friends of so little housewives <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know can we I, just yes go for it no no go 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 Oh, I was going to say, you know, when you were, like, talking about someone that you actually enjoyed and you were scared, like, not not scared to say it, but, like, you're shocked to be saying it, I really thought you were going to say Carrie. I was like, oh, never. my God, she's going to say it. it. That's, I mean, I know I should never say never, but I am so, I've never liked Carrie, much in the same way that I've never liked Brandy, but I think the difference is, like, Brandy has already done everything that I to make me hate her. Like <laughs> I'm I'm I can't go any lower. Whereas like the way that Carrie has just like arrived has been just like toxic from like she's always at 110. Like I can't I'm done with her. I don't know. What do you think of like her like dinner, lunch, whatever it was with her daughters. Well, I'm glad that I learnt the proper way to season steak with salt. Like, 
I had no idea that the higher your wrist is, like salt bay wise, the more evenly distributed the salt will be. Like that's like actually good shit to know. Um, the food looked delicious. Like I was here for all of it. I actually really enjoy Carrie when she's speaking Spanish. Like I, it's just it's one of those languages that um I know you love. I also love it, and on these shows, like that is something that I like to see. You know, I like to see a bit of a diverse culture mix. And so those moments where she just just goes into Spanish, the way people speak normally, like you know, people who are multilingual or bilingual will just like chop in and out of their languages that they speak. And, um, you know, that's something that I know from my own culture. So I enjoy those moments. Those moments feel authentic to me. Everything else she does though, I think that's the reason why I don't like her. Everything else she does feels inauthentic. Whereas Brandy is authentically horrible. See, (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think Carrie is just too manufactured. I think she is mm, definitely like, what I mean. she's trying to tell a story that she wants to tell. Um, and that's what this whole like, you know, cooking situation with her daughters is. And then like, I don't really get the whole her mum thing as well. Like, I don't know. Are they friends? Are they not friends? Like, I don't, I don't Are they reconciled? Where is her mum? I don't know. I just had a lot of questions. No, I I agree with you. I think I have all the exact same questions. I think, like, definitely the storyline she wants us to know is one that she's she's, she's producing herself. But the thing is that she just doesn't have the same sort of skills that, say, like, a Kenya does. Or, or somebody else, you know, to to kind of really sell a story. So it just doesn't work. Because I feel like she's had, like, multiple storylines, right? Like, I feel like one of it was, like, using her daughter's, like, you know, mental health as a storyline. And then there was this, like, whole, like, mum storyline and, like, how she's, like, reliving her childhood. But now I also feel like she's adding in, like, a potential divorce into the storyline as well. No, but the divorce storyline was her initial storyline when she first started, was this whole her and Eduardo are always fighting. That was, like, when she first came on the scene, her storyline was, like, I need to set myself up financially because I'm pretty sure my marriage to my second husband is going to end. And if it does, I will have no money. Well, I feel like it's coming back because I just got this sense that like, so, so this is like the first episode and like what, we're like 15 episodes. That in. we see Eduardo. Yeah, we've seen Eduardo. Yeah. He's been really busy. Like his work has never been busier apparently. And um, I just feel like she's back on this whole like, he's never around. He's so busy. I'm all alone. Like, I can just see where that's going. Uh, I think we're just back there. I Honestly, she tires me. Like, I'm not interested in any of her storylines. I feel, much like you said, they feel manufactured. They feel artificial. Um, I, I guess, like, you could juxtapose that towards Tiffany, who I think has had, like, similar kind of stories in that she's had very specific stories that she's wanted to tell like she's wanted to tell this thing about you know working really hard and needing to cut back so that she can spend time with her children and the other side of that is like the pressure that she feels as a daughter and trying to fix this relationship with her mum like I think that Stephanie 
uh, the Stephanie, that Tiffany brought those stories to the show and they just felt more authentic to me. I mean, I am biased. Tiffany was like obviously a nicer, is a nicer person, but they just felt more authentic to me. Well, can I just say, I mean, I loved the fact that her mom sent the message the next mm. day and was like, I thought like hanging out with you was like a burden on your time and like I never wanted to ask. Um, so have you I- forgiven Tiffany's mom then? Because last week you were thinking that Tiffany's mom was like talking shit. But, but this week, how do you feel? I, I, I'm going to stand by what I said last week. I, don't, <laughs> I think that she felt forced being on cameras to, okay. to address what was going on. I think on camera she was also telling a different story to perhaps what she would have done if the cameras weren't there. Um, but, you know, if it has forced her mum to, you know, have a think about it and come to this realisation, like, I'm really happy to see it. It just, like, I, I just didn't... I felt bad for Tiffany's mom to have been put in that situation because I really don't think that she wanted to be in that. And I felt that Tiffany was forcing it on her. Fair enough. Do we feel like as we head towards the end of the season that Tiffany's stories have now gotten a bit of closure? Like, you know, she's enjoying Brandy's company. They, they've put all that drama aside. The girl's no longer like, uh, like attacking her, so to speak. She's got her work situation down she's spending time with her daughters and her mum has sent her this text message and they're working towards the next thing like for me I see that she kind of got the closure that she wanted in a way that like I know we've speculated at the beginning that she's not interested in coming back next season and for me I kind of felt like if Tiffany left this season I think she'd be still good for the show you know Oh, I thought you were about to say, well, like, if she's planning on leaving, then, like, it's fine because we've got closure on everything. No, I, don't even know what I didn't she mean it that way. Season. No, but I felt like it was, like, it, it came to, like, a natural end. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, she did manage to resolve everything. I mean, she's incredibly efficient and intelligent. I'm not surprised that this is all sorted by the end of the season. That's- um, but yeah, like I definitely feel like she manages to sort everything out in a very different way to like someone like Deandra, who like <laughs> I mean that's gonna go on forever. Like let's talk about it, please. Because number one, the fact that Darren is back like sucking snot out of her nose again. Uh, iconic. Iconic. <laughs> I just <laughs> in a pandemic, wild. <laughs> I wanna ask you, do we believe so, number one, I do believe that Darren did go to, like, the shaman did go to Peru to learn the shaman ways. But do we think that the folks in Peru, like, are pulling his leg a little bit and just, like, told him some bits and pieces? You know, like, when people go and have, like, a Chinese character tattoo thinking that it says some oh sort God. of affirmation, but really it says, like, you're a dirty dog? Like, do we think that, like... The Peruvians have pulled a fast one on Dr. Darren. Is his chanting legit? Like, how do you feel about it? Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, it really could go either way, right? <laughs> I, 
I don't know. Like, did he go to like Peru, comma Texas, or did he go to like <laughs> Peru, Peru? These are the questions. Was he in South America? Like, like I mean, did he go to like the Amazon and do that? Like, what's that drug that people ayahuasca? Do? Yeah, that's the one. Um, like, did he do that and think he met a group of Peruvians who taught him all this like stuff? Like, other shamans have passed down this these traditions that they have had in their culture and their family for eons and they've given it to Darren, the hairdresser slash makeup artist. I'm a bit skeptical. <laughs> you know what? It's just one of those things where like he is a shaman for a certain demographic of <laughs> women in Texas. Wow. I think that is the most profound thing that you've said since our first episode where you said, like, Mormon for convenience, but, like, this, shaman for a very specific demographic. Like, where is the lie? Straight facts. Because Deandra is that, like, and you've said it, like, you said it really succinctly, like, Deandra is just so lost that she'll, like, look for anything. And that's what the shaman is bringing her. And, like, it was either going to be Darren the shaman slash, you know, weave doctor or, like, a person with crystals or a tarot card reading person or just like a, a random person on the street. Like anyone could help you. <laughs> Not a random point. person on the street. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just somebody on the street. I mean, the thing is, I'm laughing because I feel in my spirit that that is true. <laughs> Deandra would accept advice from anyone. Like <laughs> at this point, bless. <laughs> okay, so. On Deandra, she finally meets her stepmother and, you know, she talks, she she gets that pep talk from Mama D. Now, I don't know about you, Mama D is an icon to me, but she is possibly up there as the shadiest bitch on Housewives right now. The stuff that she was just saying, like, in her confessional, <laughs> in the on FaceTime, living in the phone with Deandra, like, I I don't know. What do you think? Um, I support everything that Mother B <laughs> said. Like, you know, you have to be kind to people, but if, like, they're not going to hear you, you tell them to have a good life and you walk off, like, because they are a piece of shit and we're not doing that. So I, I support – I'm – I'm sorry, I disagree with Jeremy. I think Mama D has has the the pulse in the situation. I think if there's one thing that Deandra has inherited from Mama D, it's her selfishness and her. I think I've said it before, like the her sense of entitlement, the fact that her brother doesn't want to spend time with her. I think is like kind of legit. Like you've taken. I mean, it's money at the end of the day that, like, I know people are like, you know, there are more things that are more important than money, but it's potentially money that could change his life, help his family. And you can see how fortunate Deandra has been and how she's kind of wasted a lot of that fortune. And she didn't share it. Like, 
I would not want to just suddenly like forget how you did me so dirty when our father died and then expect me to see you. So the and and this is this speaks to her entitlement and delusion. The fact that she thinks that her brother would want to have a relationship with her. Based on everything that I've heard, I am totally in his corner. Even though I I'm still enjoying Deandra, I enjoyed her demonstrating what she got up to in the 80s. <laughs> because again, not a lie. Oh my god, yeah, like Deandra, show us your eighties dance. Oh my honey, that wasn't even a dance. Like when she took that straw and put it up her nose and simulated snorting cocaine, I was like, when she when she gives it, she gives it so good. I also loved the production, like flashback to Mama D when Brandy was describing what Dallas the TV show was like and said it's like Mama D and Mama D says the S in my name doesn't stand for stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I don't give a rip. My name doesn't stand for stupid. Like all of these things I was like we probably could have always just had a show that was just Deandra and Mama D to be honest with you. I would watch that toxic show. Just putting it out there. <laughs> mm, I feel like that's like a YouTube series or something. I'm still watching it. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know. This whole like Deandra inheritance thing, it's very confusing because like even like for me, the thing was like this whole like Deandra walks in and the, the will is on her bed and the will says that she gets nothing. Now, when she said that, I thought that it was like, her like stepmom being like putting it on her bed to be like haha like he's dead you get nothing right but then the stepmom apparently has said that that never happened so now I'm like well like what is the truth I don't know it is so just like such a mess the truth to read between the lines it's not a mess there were two wills Deandra got really lucky that the will that the the judge said was okay was the one that gave her all of the money like that is it there is n- that I'm sorry I'm putting there's nothing confusing about it I, I don't know it I is just... dodgy as fuck it's yeah it's very sketchy <sighs> wanna... do you have anything else you want to say about Dallas I mean I'm really looking forward to next week and oh, how the husbands well um yeah they've been really absent but I feel like the husbands are like pretty like absent overall yeah facts um i think after the first season where the husbands like learnt like what the housewives were and then we never saw them again it says a lot really um but i just like looking forward to everyone confronting carrie yes i am looking forward to carrie finally like i think hitting rock bottom and the and the women having to like really say to her you are toxic energy. You are absolute trash. But I don't think it's going to... There'll be some kumbaya moment. Oh, of course. Um, I wanted to do, like, a really cool segue before, which is why I was like, let's stop talking about Dallas and talk about New Jersey. I was going to, like, say, you know, from one mother and daughter, Mama D and um, Deandra, to a show that was totally about mothers and their children this week 
Masha, you must be talking about episode 10 of Real Housewives of New Jersey. Like, hello. It was, like, kind of wholesome this week, don't you think? I, I'm telling you, New Jersey for me, I just, I forgot how good it was. It, it just, uh, I don't know, I, I'm with you. Like, I've, I watched it and I felt, like, so good afterwards. I was like, thank God for New Jersey. Because you know what it is? They're just, you know, the show is called Real House. And that's what they all are. They're all They really real. are. They don't, like, pretend to be stuff that they're not. I think they're quite upfront with, like, exactly who they are as people. I mean, I just want to say that, for me, the moment which I, like, realised this was in this episode when they're going on this yacht for Margaret's, like, book reading. Um, yep. And the yacht belongs to Margaret's ghost rider. And Teresa's like, oh, yeah, like, she was my ghost rider as yep. well. It was just like, we're not doing this, like, New York, like, I've I don't have had a, a ghost, ghost rider. rider. Yeah. We're just all like, oh, yeah, like, we all use the same ghost rider around here. She's, like, the best one ever. In fact, actually, when you were my ghost rider, how come you never invited me on your yacht? Like, No, I 100% agree with you. I think that's, like, the most perfect observation. Which is why I think particularly on New Jersey, when it's inauthentic, it's awkward and uncomfortable. Like Melissa Gorga in this episode for me. She wasn't in it very much. But again, I mean, this goes back to bringing the kids on the show and putting them through all hell. It's like your daughter's pub, your daughter going through puberty should not be your storyline. You should not be talking about the size of your teenage daughter's breasts on a show. You should not be asking your teen. I know I, I'm, I know that I'm sure this is real. Uh, parents are having these discussions with their children every single day. But I feel like if you're going to do it, then do it in the right way. Because the way she's going about it on TV is humiliating for her daughter. It's not educational. And I just, I feel so bad for Antonia right now. Oh, it was terrible. It was horrible. Horrible. She, like, then locked herself in the toilet. Like, she just, Melissa is just not hitting the right mark. Whereas I feel like when Jennifer Aiden has to, like, talk deep things with her daughters, even Teresa, like, having, like, really frank and open discussions with her daughters, it's not that cringeworthy. No, not at all. But Melissa, she just, I don't know. Like, how can you not know in, like, 2021 how to have, like, a conversation with a teenager about, like, sex and sex education? And if you're going to do it, don't, if you don't know how to do it, don't do it on television. Don't show us that you don't know how to do it. No, like, get professional help. (sighs) I couldn't agree more. Um. Another nice conversation was Dolores and Lil Frankie and her telling him about, you know, her mammogram and how it wasn't, it didn't go well and how she has to have the biopsy and just the way you like, you know, he came and he cuddled her. Like they have a really great relationship. This is, this is what New Jersey is all about. It's about the parents <laughs> and the children and the family and you go against me, you're going against my it's a family. family. Yeah, it was kind of beautiful. Um, one thing that was like 
really evident to me and I was like oh my god I was like I really love this episode of New Jersey but I always do but I was like what was missing we had no husbands in this episode at all you know what I wasn't mad no I wasn't mad but I was just like okay so are we not gonna see them again I was just like I was just like it was really nice like it seemed to me like from a production standpoint like they had a really clear story that they were trying to tell like it really was about these relationships with um mothers and their children you know whether it was um margaret having that discussion with big marge and talking about her life now that marge has read her book you know just it was just nice to see a theme like i just don't feel like we've seen a theme on these shows for a really long time it was clever yeah, it was really, really good. And I think it's, like, it's clever when you don't even notice it happening. Mm-hmm. It was um, smart. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because, yeah, there were just a lot of really beautiful conversations that were happening between a parent and a child in this episode. Yeah, I think even what I liked was, you know, the Margaret and Jen feud, because, like, kind of these the feuds that they have have been they're like epic in the moment but then they simmer down and everybody just moves on and you know the marg and and the the margin and jen aiden feud culminated kind of on the boat when i guess they both just realized that they aren't really listening to each other when they learn things about each other like they take what they see on the surface level and run with it like jen didn't her initial takeaway from the scenario Marge has where she recounts having sex with her boss as a a young woman, you know, Jen Aiden took that as something like Marge, you know, sleeping her way to the top. And then Marge thought that, you know, Jen's Instagram live was tone deaf because she was like complaining about not having a, a housekeeper, not a nanny or a nanny, not a housekeeper. And you know, on the boat, and I guess this is the thing about boats, when you can't go anywhere, (laughs) you're kind of forced to hear each other out. And they both kind of shared what they were really meaning. And, you know, everybody really heard that Jen was really talking about, like, the struggle that she's having with her parents and having to homeschool, like having so many children to look after, and the stress that that's causing her on top of the trouble that she's having with her parents. And then the really beautiful thing that comes out of that is like the girls all being like, oh, well, you know, maybe we should have all our mothers over together so that they can kind of support your mother. And I was like, this would not happen in Atlanta. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't happen on any other show. And I just was like, oh, this was really nice. I mean, on that point, in itself, I feel like I have seen so much growth in Jennifer over mm-hmm. the last, like, three seasons that I feel like before she would have, like, you know, she used to really go for what, like, Melissa Gorga, wasn't it? Like, they had a bit of, like, a yeah. feud. And, you know, there was that, like, scene where they were at the lunch and, you know, Jennifer's, like, egging egging Melissa on. Um, but actually, like, Jennifer in this scene, she was, like, I was trying to apologize to you if you just like let me finish my sentence. So I think Marge was like so uh, she was a little um, premature in like her coming for Jennifer because Jennifer was just trying to explain like the context and mm-hmm. her where she had been thinking and how her thinking had changed. 
And I think a lot of it probably also has to do with the fact that, like, she is having these difficulties at the moment with her mm-hmm. own parents and having to, like, deal with, like, that whole situation is probably making her a lot more, like, empathetic and, you know, just a little bit more chill overall because I think she just doesn't want drama because she's getting enough of it between her parents that she just doesn't need to find that in her friendship group. And I love how she was just like, you know, um, you keep calling me sloppy, but you know what? I'm just trying to like let loose because like this is my one outlet where I can just relax and forget about the troubles that I'm having at my home between my parents. And I'm worried that I'm going to say something and my mum is going to never speak to me again because she's not going to like what I have to say. So, you know, I really like that Jennifer just seemed to have like grown and to have not be as, you know, like trigger happy is what she used to be um I thought that was like super refreshing I really love Jennifer I think like the the high tea the Turkish tea Mm. at her house fabulous loved it I love that like everyone wants to see her house um like all these other moms I think everyone's heard everything about her home and all of the like imported Chinese furniture (laughs) and how lavish everything is and I just like I loved to see it um I mean that tea was just like beautiful I just want to say the standout of this episode was Olivia Olivia Aiden a hundred percent a hundred percent she was giving me Audrey Hepburn breakfast (laughs) at Tiffany's she put her red lipstick on yes honey telling them how she got it from her mama it was the high heels for me oh they're Michael Kors the Michael Kors high heels she knows a label she's like giving us like the new Melania a hundred percent but like Melania was a little shit where I feel like Olivia is not as much of a little shit like she's sassy but she's just very cute yeah and she's like a little version of Jen like a hundred percent oh my god stand out of the episode for sure I love to see it one other thing that really made me laugh was there was an exchange between Teresa and Jennifer and I know we like talk a lot about how like Teresa is not the sharpest tool in the shed so she often like jokes go over her head and she like she'll make a joke and it's often like Teresa that's not the joke but like when Jen said you know I'm not a big drinker and Teresa whose face cannot hide anything was like what what (laughs) like can you just say that again like and Teresa's trying to say to her you've just said you're you're not a big drinker and the fact that Teresa can't articulate what she's thinking but they just flash back to like Jen kind of like being sloppy and it was like for me in that moment I was like these editors know how to put us in Teresa's head <laughs> like you know at that moment that's the image that Teresa was thinking but like Jen being like oh but you know like I just don't drink like during the daytime sort of thing should I bring out wine and then Teresa's like I, I mean if you bring out wine I'll drink it <laughs> but Jen trying to tell us that she's not a big drinker girlfriend it wasn't even just this was not the first time you've been sloppy you've been sloppy throughout the seasons give you some tequila and you are gone 
I thought the same thing about Teresa. Like the look of like the, just like incredulity. Like she just didn't, didn't know. And you know what it gave me? Uh, did you watch that? Watch what happens live. It's so weird. Like Andy tells like the OG housewife. Yes. Like, she's like pregnant. And like the she didn't four get of them, like Nene, Vicky, like Kyle, whoever else is there. They are all like over the moon. So excited. Teresa's face is like still processing yeah like she doesn't understand what's the happening. mouse on the wheel is not running fast enough okay like the hamster on the wheel is not running fast enough it's not computing computer says no like Teresa. <laughs> i mean i do think that like that's a good opportunity to actually talk about the fact that Teresa finally reveals that she's dating. Oh my God. Is it Louis? It is Louis, yeah. Oh my God. I love the story. I mean, like, you know, as someone of Mediterranean background, I mean, when you pray to your dead parents and they literally drop a man in the street to you, like, it's a so, sign. I just want to say to you that, like, I don't believe that because, like, this whole thing that, like, Melissa and Teresa do where it's always like they bring God into the mix and they bring you know deceased parents into the mix like Melissa's done it with her dad over the years as well and then like I think it just makes for like an interesting story but I don't believe it's true no Moshi what, like, what do you mean you don't which part don't you believe you don't I believe... don't believe that Teresa was like okay so this is why I don't believe that Teresa I do believe that Teresa did pray to her parents like bring me a, the man of my dreams because like she's done that on camera but I don't believe that like her parents sent her Louis because as far as I'm concerned I do not trust that man he is not going to be good for her and he's going to fuck her up I feel it in my waters and so does the internet and everybody else and I do not believe her parents would bring her somebody toxic well nobody's perfect moshi i am no i'm kidding (laughs) i'm definitely not and maybe her parents aren't perfect either even with you know with sky daddy and i look she prayed to her parents and they dropped they dropped him it was on the same street she in the jersey shore prayed to the parents and he was delivered well the jury is still out on this louis character okay well we're yet to meet him i mean melissa gorga has met him but we have not true i though want to say it was an episode of highs and lows for Teresa. i mean that whole story of her meeting Louis or who we yeah. found to be Louis was like, you know, quite entertaining and beautiful. Um, but and... then at the mother's, you know, Turkish tea, heartbreak. I actually want to say just on that as well, Jackie like arriving on the boat and already scoping out the crowd for a man for Teresa. Oh. You know what? We've, we've, we've escalated. Like that was amazing. Jackie in this episode kind of reminded me why, like, she was good for the show the last two seasons. Like, when, when she's not being, like, depressive and <laughs> annoying, she is interesting. Yeah, she was pleasant. She didn't 
probably be no. a friend of, but like I was happy to have her there. Like she was, I was like, you can stay. Um, but yes, Teresa at this tea has like this emotional break, and I actually thought, I I don't know, is Teresa normally like explaining her feelings because I just felt no. like she was so succinct. And she just, like, explained everything. She was like, I was like, I couldn't sleep last night. I felt ill. I'm feeling really anxious, and I just have to go. I thought she was, like, really polite about it. I thought she was really, like, you know, direct and to the point. And I, it just, it wasn't Teresa. It was really interesting to watch. But I was like, I, I liked it. I think that was part of the reason why she got there early. Like, I think she's, I think she's, obviously done some work on herself and she she said from the outset you know from when they first discussed it she was like look I don't think that that's going to be healthy for me but I'm gonna try and come and I think part of her getting there as early as she did was like she was trying to you know scope make things easier for herself scope things out because if she had I think walked in and seen everyone with their mums right from the beginning she would have just turned around and walked away um, I think she really did try and I think that I think that I would have been exactly the same way as Teresa and I never thought I'd say that. No, I think, like, I'm surprised that she went. Like, I feel like she should have, like, probably not gone to begin with. But I'm also surprised, like, she didn't bring Gia or something with her. Yeah. Like, just because you didn't bring your mum, like, bring, like, your daughter instead. Like, you're the mum. Or I don't know, like, does she well, not have an auntie or another sort of like motherly figure no she really that's the thing is that they really don't because their family was so closed off um I actually thought that maybe she might bring I don't know what her her relationship is like with Joe's family anymore because I I wouldn't have thought that that would have dissipated but yeah maybe they do I don't know that's because I always thought like I always thought that Joe's mum was in her corner but yeah, it's a tough one. But I think the reason that Teresa went is because Teresa knows that she's on a television show. You know, she she Teresa has gives us everything, right? She's a team player when she wants to be. Yeah, and I guess it's sort of like you don't know what to expect. I mean, just because yeah. everyone's bringing their mums, like, I guess, like, the conversation did get, like, very, like very emotional like um in terms of just like the connections and people discussing their relationships and perhaps if it had just been light-hearted and fun the entire time like maybe Teresa wouldn't have felt so uncomfortable but like you know obviously the loss is just uh, still so profound for her yeah. um I mean the way that they kept like cutting back to like flashbacks like while she's like having an emotional breakdown I was like oh my god <laughs> yeah because again they're showing us what's in her head <sighs> and <laughs> normally there's not a lot going on in that head but, no uh, but this this episode there was I think like in terms of housewife franchises this week we definitely got a crescendo like we went up Yes. Every franchise. I, I, but I just think that New Jersey, you know what, Moshi, I, I appreciate your feelings on New York. About New York. But I just have this feeling that this upcoming season is not going to bode well. I think that shooting reality TV in the current environment is not easy. I think we're seeing it in a lot of different reality shows right now. 
and I just don't know how New York is going to play out. Whereas I just feel like New Jersey, like, first of all, like, what pandemic? But they just, like, they just got it. They got it going on. It's, like, a good mix of people. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I hate that you're speaking this New York hate into existence before the season has even begun. But I do want to say that much like New Jersey, New York has never given me a reason to think that it's not going to deliver. So I don't know. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. I'm ready for it, whatever it brings. Atlanta gave us five housewives and it wasn't that great. New York has also given us five housewives. So it's either redemption or or bust. Wow. Redemption or bust. That's the name of this episode. Just so you, in case you're wondering. Thank you. I came up with it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, Patrizio, what a week. What a week. What a wrap up. What a crescendo. (laughs) (laughs) Um, as always please rate review subscribe nothing less than five stars and follow us on instagram at from the lower level pod um you can also find us on twitter we haven't really tweeted or anything we've been rubbish but the the link to our twitter will be in the um podcast notes moshi next week i guess we will have our usual programming we've got dallas and new jersey but we will also have our bonus episode of our atlanta reunion yep exciting stuff can't wait for that podcast to be 10 minutes long (laughs) (laughs) all right patty thank you again talk to you next week see you soon